Pronto is more than a messaging app. Today's door-to-door organizations and sales teams demand better than what free messaging apps can offer. Enters Pronto, a single communication hub for your entire organization with a clean design that elevates your brand and doesn't require any training. With real-time direct and group messaging, video conferencing, announcements, unlimited file sharing and storage, administrative capabilities, and more, Pronto will help your organization communicate, collaborate, recruit, train, retain, and be more successful. So swipe up, try for free, win more. What's up, everybody? This is Sam Taggart with the DDD Podcast, and I have some really cool guests. And this podcast is going to be from the blue line to the front line. And if you're listening, um, you might relate a lot to this if you went from blue collar, uh, blue line in their case is actually cops. So these guys were in those blue uniforms, kicking in doors. Now they're knocking on doors. And we're going to dive into the podcast in detail of like, okay, what is it like transitioning out of the $20 an hour job when you get sold on, oh, you're going to make doctor-like money in direct sales and, and kind of some of their experiences they had with uh, being cops. And a lot of times when door-to-door, we get the cops called on us all the time. So I kind of want to dive into the, perce- the perception of door-to-door sales, complaint calls. We're going to dive into some of the stories of them knocking doors. These guys have been some of the best in their company, the top two reps in their entire company that did 21 million last year in roofing and they're dabbling in the solar side now and crushing there out of Florida. And we're going to, we're going to dive into some really cool stuff today. So I'm, I'm excited to have David Triplett and Alec Kreckle on the zoom on, on this, uh, this podcast all coming at us from Florida. So thanks for being on the show guys. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah. Thanks Sam. Yeah, this will be fun. Um, so I guess, Two people on the podcast. So, so did you guys both start kind of around the same time, or how'd you guys get? I guess let's rewind back to, you know, your your number one Alec deputy in your county. You just won deputy of the year nine months before he gets into roofing. So obviously you're getting dopamine hits right and left. Everybody's like, oh my gosh, you're so cool. Look at you. You know this whole pride thing of being in the in the blue, the you know proud and blue, and. Where did the whole element of I want to start knocking on doors come from? Why did why did why the shift? What happened? Um, so honestly, it happened last summer with all the riots and everything. A lot of stuff happened with uh, how I was treated, how my family was treated. Anybody that associated with me um, basically called uh, my you know best friend Richard Nye, who's the brother of the owner of Skymark. Uh, he was a deputy with me. David was a deputy. Uh, the owner. Uh, as well called him basically just asking for financial advice like how do you get out of being a cop how did you give it up uh you know i'm having to work 60 hours a you know a week on my off days just to put food on the table so you know provide a nice life for my wife uh how do i get out and they said uh you know just come out you know check it out work for us and first off I said, you know, I said, I was in the infantry in the military. I was a cop. I'm not exactly what the uh, society deems as a people person. I don't think I'm going to be very good at sales. And I promised him I would give it a shot. Uh, Took one day and I said, I can do this. Love it. And were you successful right out the gate or did you get your face kicked in or how, like, how was your first couple of weeks? So basically my first couple of weeks, I was working part-time, still a cop and, started off just getting friends and, uh, you know, deputies that, you know, 
couldn't, you know, had to find damage on the roof because they couldn't afford, you know, $18,000 roofs. So they told me, yeah, check it out, knock their neighbors, start off pretty well. Um, good enough to where I'd sit on, you know, the days that I had to work as a cop, uh, sitting there thinking I'm missing out on thousands of dollars sitting here, you know, eating Chick-fil-A, taking calls. And I don't want to do this anymore. I want to make doctor money. And, you know, my wife not to worry about whether I'm coming home or not. Uh, you know, let's do it. So, you know, that, you know, it was probably two weeks in. Uh, my wife walked in the living room, asked me what I was doing. And I told her, I'm, you know, I'm writing my resignation letter. I said, I'm done being a cop. I'm going to knock doors. How did she take to that? She said, she's like, sounds good to me. She's like, it's not like you're making, you know, great money now. So at least you'll be safe. So she, yeah. Cause I mean, there's an element of like, I think there's a, like people don't recognize, I guess for you trip, like you, you, you're getting shot at you're, you're, there's a potential the next morning you don't wake up and you got families and you got, you know, you're, you're, you're making 20 bucks an hour and yeah, you're wearing some cool uniform. You're helping do cool stuff. You might get in some cool fights, but like at the end of the day, like there's probably an element of like, is it all worth it when there's other ways to make money? I guess what was like, kind of what's your story, Trip? Uh, so basically, um, I was in the infantry like Alec. I I went to the police academy at 18. Um, my bright futures got cut for vocate for budget reasons in Florida, so I didn't have college money. So. Um, it was either that or the Marine Corps. I went to the police academy, graduated when I was 19, got a job at the sheriff's office when I was 19. Um, I was in, on the SWAT team within six months. Um, and that's kind of how the sheriff's office closed me on this place. It's fun to work. It's fun to work here. Um, and I was ate up with it five or six, seven years, give or take. And then I watched the industry change. I watched guys leave and retire or, or get fired for, you know, wrongfully some, in some cases. And it kind of changed my perception that I'm just an ID number. Um, and then, uh, I knew I wanted to change. I just didn't really know where to go. Um, I grew up with our shingle supplier and, uh, small world just blessed. He introduced me to David. Um, the owner, David knows, Law enforcement, obviously, because he comes from that background, same with his brother. Um, sat down with David in, in late spring of 2020. Um, just kind of flirted with the idea. It wasn't all in just yet. He kind of told me, you know, the opportunities that are here. And I was like, well, you know, that sounds a lot better than what I got now. Um, long story short, an incident happened at work where I felt like uh, I wasn't being taken care of, really. Um, and that changed my whole perception. And that day I called David on, on the phone and said, Hey man, I'm ready to go. I'm all in. Just took all, just took the dive, man, put bricks on my ankles and jumped in the ocean. And just, I was like, I got nothing to lose and everything to gain. So I can always be a cop somewhere else, you know? Um, but really the big turning point for me was when a guy, when a lot of guys leave, they come back, um, cause they're scared of the unknown. And I had a couple of people tell me, we'll see you back in a few months. And I put a chip on my shoulder and uh, really helped me lock in because now I'm not doing it for me. My why is that chip on my shoulder. And now my why has changed. But for a long time, it was just that chip on my shoulder to prove them wrong. Um, and that's kind of what drove me at first is to just prove to them that I can do it. And then show the other guys that I like that I know are good dudes. Hey, man, there's other ways to make income besides work here. And that was kind of my, my why at first. And, how I fell into the industry. 
I'm blessed, really. I don't think I would have succeeded in, in other companies the way I see they ran. Um, I think I would have done okay, but not to the level I am now. So I'm pretty blessed to work where I work to begin with. Dude, and, and I spent some meaningful time out there in Florida. Um, Billy and David, their owners, just for context, I went and out and knocked during the tour. And it was fun. I was able to spend some time knocking with Alec and knocking with Trip and knocking with some of their guys and, and, and just the you know, the systems, the trucks, the look, the, the branding, the culture, it was cool. Like, and, and them sending you to our sales boot camps and them, you know, like investing in you guys shows a lot about the owners. Cause like a lot of times, you know, you do feel like you, you leave a stable, you know, $20 an hour job into the unknown of commissions. And it's kind of a sink or swim and you jump with these weights on your ankles and you're like, well, that hurt. Ow. Nobody told me it was like a hard landing. <laughs> it's like, and so it's 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 reassuring because like when you know they have you your back at your old job um not to say that i didn't have good supervisors or good people around me but society and the law really don't have your back anymore so regardless of what your boss thinks if you're on the wrong end of the deal in that job it's no different than this one like you'll be jobless and won't be able to get another police job you know so, i mean or any other like, job like you, you guys were cops during the whole Floyd May- Mayweather or the Floyd uh, Lloyd whatever what was that what's his name uh, George George Floyd yeah I was like George Floyd something um, Floyd Mayweather no uh, the George Floyd thing and it probably put like a whole I mean it probably wasn't even the first time you'd seen that stuff like and it's just like how did that change perception to you know your viewpoint of society and their trust in cops the trust in the the government system supporting this like i guess how did that change your impact on that uh for me you know i said i I worked in a different county than alec my environment's a little different a little more uh a little more a little more right side of the world you know uh so his environment's a lot rougher than mine was uh my our communities here are pretty law law enforcement supportive um, but what I'll say, you know, he'll probably match the same thing I say is that um, you really felt like uh, you had nowhere to go. Uh, a lot of negativ- negativity towards your environment, towards your work, towards everything you've done for to help people. And it takes one incident to just kind of steamroll your whole community and steamroll every, any, any trust you've built in communities. It just kind of goes down the drain with one incident that has nothing to do with you or even your agency. Um, and then I think the turning point for me wasn't even that. Um, it's just a couple things I saw where the guy was legally correct and he still got fried for it. And that's what really changed my mindset. Uh, I deleted all my social media and just got rid of all the clutter. Um, that I, the unnecessary clutter in my brain and all the negativity, I just got rid of it. Um, Alec has uh, more detailed incidents on his end for sure. Yeah, Alec, what's your two cents there? So mine was, I lost, you know, that stuff happened and people I grew up with, I'm people I was friends with in college, um, just turning their back on me, like literally thought I was, you know, the devil because I was wearing a uniform and I was racist and there's nothing I could do. Even though they knew me my whole life, it didn't matter because I was a cop. So I was wrong. And we had our cable cut on our, on our home. You know, I had my squad car bash with a baseball bat, walked out. Uh, just because I was a cop. Um, yeah. And like Tripp said, his, you know, he was lucky that his county kind of backed them more than we did. And we had our, 
uh, sheriff literally kneels protesters. You know, basically he sided with them. Deputies were in the wrong. Uh, I saw guys getting, you know, fight, you know, fighting for their jobs for doing the right thing. I, and I would go to, you know, it used to be, you know, okay, if you're a cop, you know, you're going to have job security. That was not the case anymore. Uh, and it, it really affected me to the point where I was on antidepressants, you know, anti-anxiety sleeping meds. I and mean, I was, you know, the most terrified ever I had ever been going to work was probably my last six months after that happened. Yeah, that's crazy. So it's interesting. There's a parallel that I want to run between blue line and front line. We'll call this the streets. It's it's kind of this emotional resilience and and what it takes to kind of succeed in this job. And and being a cop, knocking down doors, having to have the hard conversations, having to have a backbone, having to almost sell people on not doing the wrong thing and sell them on the right thing. And you know, there's a lot of bureaucracy. And I guess kind of what are some of the parallels you've seen? that have helped you be successful that you learned in the cop training and through the experience in the field that's now transitioned into the streets? I would, I would say easily, um, you have a strong advantage. You can relate. Uh, and this is, you know, any industry, if you're a worker, if you're a cop and you actually worked hard, you can relate to any walk of life. You can relate to the rich. You can relate to the poor. You can relate to the middle class. Um, any walk of life you can relate to, which is an advantage instantly. Um, you can also get a sense of a community or a neighborhood within about 30 to 45 minutes of hanging out and driving around in there. You can kind of figure out how it runs, who runs, who runs what, um, who the HOA president is. I can usually tell by their house. <laughs> uh, it's just, you just, you just figure it out and it's not some special talent, but when you hang out in neighborhoods for 10 years, you learn pretty quick how to deal with them. And then I think so too, like, uh, I think we do so well, and he's he's even better at than I am. Is um, people always have reasons not to do stuff, or, or or you know, give me a reason not to do this, or go through with this, or whatever the case may be. We're always really good at putting things in perspective. Um, if the world's ending for that person, we can put it in perspective for them because we've been in like real situations where there's real problems. Hey, my drip head just messed up. It's the end of the world. I'm like, your arms are still on your body. Like the day's not going that bad. <laughs> So I think that's where we really have a strength where we can create that perspective for people. Um, and then, like I said, the community aspect is huge. Um, and then any, any, any driveway with a cruiser in it, you got your end of the neighborhood. It's, like, it's over. <laughs> yeah. It's over. Yeah. So, yeah. I would say uh, for me, the number one, par- you know, what really helped. And it's funny. Cause I still remember like my first, second day, you know, guys who were, you know, they thought they're, you know, you know, they're big, uh, you know, big men uh, in the company. They're telling me, hey, you know, takes a lot of guts, you know, knocking doors, you know, you know, don't get deterred. It's all right. And I literally want to laugh in their face. Like, you have been knocking on doors five years. I said, they don't, I said, people don't call cops when, you know, they're having a great day. You know, so I'm knocking on doors, hoping I don't get shot. I said, I'll knock on doors. If they don't want a roof, they won't want a roof. They can have a great day. Bye. You know, that's fine. But it's what, you know, what really helped us is then Trip and I, you know, what puts us above was our command presence. Uh, when we go to the door, we're there for a reason, you know, and what helps just like when you know, you're a rookie and a cop and you're worried, as long as you know what you're there for. And like, if you know uh, the material and you, you know, you believe in what you're selling, um, you know, game over, you know, you're not going to, you know, 
put enough object, objectives for, for us to get, you know, off your, you know, uh, off your doorstep. I mean, unless you have a gun, then yeah, I'm going to leave. But besides that, like, I'm going to sell you a roof. It's, it's, but yeah, I would definitely say it's the command presence of how we walk up to the door. And I think they can kind of tell when David and I walk up, you know, these guys know what they're talking about. They're not scam artists, you know, they're just legit guys. Yeah, I think, so it's funny when I do a training, I actually teach, there's two ways to approach. It's the happy go lucky, fun, Sam, look at me. I'll make a joke. I'll break preoccupation. And then, and you might've even saw it when we were out there. I was like, you want me to put my cop face on is I'll say, I'll say, hi, I'm Sam. This is my permit with the city. And this is my license. Uh, we're just in charge of what's going on in the area. I'm assuming you've probably been notified already. Uh, but it's really important that we talk to the homeowner and I'm like very much like commanding and they're, you know, like, it's almost like, Oh, like, it's like my badge, my shirt, my, my, I am a cop. And you wouldn't tell a cop if he knocked on your door, hey, not interested, sir. It's like, I'm a police officer, ma'am. <laughs> like, you know, I have this commanding tone and this commanding authority figure. And it's like, it, and, and, and when I pitch that way, especially with a bull or a like, strong personality, they kind of just put the tail between their legs like, oh, oh, I was just going to like brush you off like every other door-to-door person I brush off. And it's hard to brush off somebody that really can command a door like that, that can command the room that can command movement. And I think that there's an element that you probably developed over time with that. I think, I think that, but more yeah. so too, is like you, you're big on the personality traits on how you sell them. It takes me split seconds to figure out what personality I'm dealing with, whether this person's going to be a train wreck a month down the road on build day, or they're going to be smooth as you know, can be, um, that's a big advantage because you can read people super quick and you're a lot quicker on your feet. Um, you, you know, cause in your old job, your complacency killed you and this job, your complacency just costs you money. Both very important. One's a little more important than the other, obviously, but, um, you know, so you're just, you're just quicker, you're quick thinker. And I also think too, um, in our agencies, you're, you're one deputy for a certain square mileage. So, you got to be a decision maker. There's not people there to hold your hand. You have to be able to make a decision while you're on scene. You don't have time to Monday morning quarterback things. So I think that's an important aspect too. Like it gives you the, the ability to make decisions on your own, like a big boy, you know? Yeah I, like yeah, I like that. And it's the same thing with area. It's like so many people, they go knock doors in pairs. And I'm like, you're almost like, you're almost fear of, man, if I'm on my own, what if I fail? if I fail with somebody else and it doesn't hurt as bad, or I can, I can like allow them to take half the blows and, and leech on their work ethic. And, you know, when you're the only deputy in your neighborhood, essentially you're like, this is my territory. I know everything that I need to know on this and I'm accountable to making sure that I protect or, you know, change roofs or sell solar or whatever that is you're peddling. And it's like, you need to make sure that you you take ownership over that and not like, I don't know, like I feel like some people, they're just afraid to fully take ownership of their area. You know what I mean? Just like I'm the deputy of this. You're making relationships with people. I'm sure you've like locked up. <laughs> I'm sure you've locked up the same person 10 times. You're like, all right, Larry, you again on the corner. <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny, man. It happened to me the other day. This, this guy, he's telling me when people are approved before they tell me. Like this guy that's a referral king. You know, so that's how, you know, like you got a heartbeat of the neighborhood, you know, so it's cool. 
But all stuff, hey, man, all stuff that you've told us before, you know. Love it. So you've done really well with referrals. Like, I think that that's, I mean, like you said, we kind of, we're from this area. We're cops in this area. We sold a lot of cops in this area. And like, luckily I was deputy, like you can pull that card. I was deputy of the year over in this county. I'm going to sell like, like hopefully people kind of know that network. I guess what are some of the networking and referral tips you would give, you know, somebody in sales, like what have you done well to mine a neighborhood, mine a network um, that's been effective for you guys? So uh, when I first, so I started in September of 2020, October, it hit me, you know, cause we used to have a referral program um, now with Florida, you know, laws and insurance, you know, we're, it's put on hold right now. We can't, you know, pay for a referral. But what I used to do was uh, I would tell somebody, okay, you signed with me. Hey, I said, you know, uh, I'll give you a hundred dollar gift card. You give me two uh, referrals uh, before your adjuster meeting. When the adjuster shows up, I'll give you a hundred bucks. And, you know, nine times out of 10, they give me two, four. And from there, uh, it turns into, you know, multi in your pipeline grows. And then you work that pipeline until it kind of dries up where somebody's just an introvert, just wants a roof. And then you find somebody else and, you know, really giving them above and beyond uh, customer service and a, you know, an awesome roof, but really incentivizing them to, you know, versus, you know, uh, just, oh, if you write me a Google review, I'd really appreciate it. No, you know, I'll pay you for you know, this. And that really worked. But now it's definitely with the laws changing in Florida, we can't do that. So now it's just, you know, if you can sell yourself and, you know, the work you did for them or, you know, go above and beyond. Well, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. You know, I'll pick up your mail layer out of town. No problem doing that. I'm just going above and beyond. will get your referrals, you know, beyond your wildest dreams. And I'm, I'm at a state right now. Um, you know, for my son's baptism and a wedding, I had two people call me, you know, you know, I already filed a claim and they want me to email them a contract and sign with me. I'm not even working. It's crazy. That's so nice. Like imagine just like getting phone calls. It's like, all right, send you the signature. Like just, you're making, you're making deals right and left just through your network. Um, do you have any other tips on that trip? Uh, just kind of, if you say you're going to do something, do it, man. Um, before, if you're in a state where they didn't change the laws already, um, I used to, the minute they got approved or the minute their neighbor got approved or whoever they referred, um, used to show up with the referral sheet with that first name on there with a gift card on it. Same day. Most of the time, if I, if I could same day, whoa, 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 slow down. I don't think everybody caught that. A referral sheet, first name already filled out with a gift card on it. That's a great system right there. Like having it just, here we go. Yeah. Like date, and this this was it. Um, it worked great because the guys give me like eight to 10 already right now. But like just had that first name on the sheet, guy got approved, um, gave him, put the gift card on the sheet, slid it over to him. And I said, hey man, just fill this sheet up. I'll be back. And he, now he's the guy texting me. Oh, Marilyn got approved to make sure you bring me my gift card. I'm like, she hasn't even called it yet. <laughs> she, hasn't, she hasn't even told me she's approved yet. You know, like, you know, I'm like, wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. But yeah, man, just like I said, dude, be honest with people and, and genuine, you'll get referrals. Um, I always tell, you know, especially in Florida, we have a lot of retirees. So these people feel like they're being taken advantage of. So you just spend 15, 20 minutes extra time just talking about stuff besides roof or besides sales build that personal relationship with them. Um, so when they get pushed back from the insurance or the adjuster, whoever, 
they know you're in their corner. That's all they want to know. And they're referring yeah. to everybody, their grandkids, their, their cousin, whatever, you know? Um, and that's kind of where we're at now. Uh, the gift card days are over, but that's okay. Yeah. We roll on. That's tough. I, I, so those that are listening are probably like, what the freak? Like, so in Florida, um, the judge and state passed a law that you can't market roofs in certain ways. And, you know, they're kind of lobbying right now to try to make this unconstitutional. And, um, but this is another reason why the door to door association will play a big part in futures of door to door. Cause it's like, this could be a precedence for other States, other industries. If this pa- like really does stay this way and doesn't get changed, it's kind of like, whoa, 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 like not okay. This is how we've marketed forever. Why wouldn't we be able to market this way? It is a very pure form, freedom of speech way to market. Um, and, and, and again, it's kind of this whole, you realize that those that write big checks to government, those that, you know, people are afraid of, you know, the un, like the, almost like the opinion, like the whole Floyd, George Floyd thing. It's kind of like, you're almost afraid to be like, wait a minute, there are, if I want to say my true opinion of this, I'm going to get ostracized. Like I'm going to get in trouble because I have to state an opinion, but it's like, yeah, obviously people are like, Oh, you're all getting screwed by the roofing door door. But it's like, wait, what if we're not getting screwed by the roofing door door people? What if we actually enjoy the fact that they came by and helped my, like you just said, a lot of retirees, old, old people that don't want to get on roof and nor do not even know that they have damage and and they won't get serviced because no one told them. So instead of so instead of making an insurance claim, they're going to call the local handyman to fix the roof for four thousand dollars, and I could have got them a new one for five hundred bucks. Sounds good, right? Sounds what, yeah. that's what I want my grandma to do. Yeah, it's like, and and it's sad because it's like it goes back again. And and what's cool about you guys, and I respect you guys a ton, and getting to know you. Um, it's just you were willing to take a stand for what's right. You know what I mean? Like leaving the, I know both your story, and we didn't go into this podcast quite a bit, but it's just that element of I saw something I didn't align with and I wasn't afraid to say and speak my truth and, and make, it, make a decision with it. And I think in sales and business, when you really focus on aligning your mission, value systems with the right company, the right leadership, the right team, the right industry, it's going to pay dividends longfold because it's more the fulfillment you get from what you're in and what you're doing. That's what's going to motivate and drive you and keep you doing it long-term versus diving into these slumps and peaks and valleys of motivation because you're really just going off of commission and going off of like adrenaline when it's like a competition's happening or something, or they have to throw out a a golf trip for you to even want to work. It's because you're misaligned. It's like you're, you're not really aligned with the right team, company, product, service, vision, truth, leadership, practice, whatever that is. I guess what would be your two cents on that? Like, have you seen that in other jobs or other reps even that maybe have left that didn't really align or we could never get them to buy in? Or I guess where do you, where else do you guys see that showing up? Oh, yeah, 100%. I, you know, we see uh, just laziness. And in 2021, it's, you know, it's people don't buy in. They don't. Or saying, I always go back, you know, every day I tell myself, you know, my dad raised me by this one saying, and I live by it, is it doesn't take much to be above average. It really doesn't. In today's age, if you just do that, you know, you know, okay, knock 10 doors, knock, you know, knock 11. You know, that, you know, you just do that, you just buy into, you know, 
uh, to that and you're successful, but I see it all the time that people need, well, we're going to have a sales competition. I'm like, okay, so now you're going to sign six contracts the last two months, you know, you're bragging about, you know, these two jobs you got. I said, and now your kid, you know, could be going to private school. You're putting them in public school and you're foreclosing on your house. You know, you know, you could, you have the work ethic. You just want motivated by this. You know, if you work harder, you know, you're going to, that's, what's beautiful about door to door commission, you know, where you're an independent contractor is you get paid for how much you work. And we, and that's what, you know, you know, David and I were, you know, we're putting our lives on the line, getting shot at all this, you know, fighting for our lives where, you know, we're still getting 20 bucks an hour, whether, you know, we're the best cop, the worst cop, it doesn't matter. Now, you know, we work and you get paid for it and it shows with, you know, people that, you know, they get weeded out. So true. I'll say that, um, your paycheck, so like the old job, your why was never income anyways. So, yeah, um, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was coming every two weeks, but it wasn't much when it got there. Um, <laughs> you kind of do it for for other reasons, and you got to have that why. Um, but I knew I was misaligned and had to go into a different industry when the cons were outweighing my why. I knew it was time to check out. Um, I just didn't have any fire or passion left for it anymore. They, they beat it out of me. Um, what I'll say too, is like, it's the same thing here. The hard workers or the AK killers or whatever you want to call them, the closers all kind of gravitate towards each other. Cause we're like-minded mm-hmm. it's the same at the old job, the studs all want to be with the studs. SWAT guys are all, yes. with the SWAT guys. you know, the killers are all with the killers. It's no different except this time. There's like a little treasure at the end of being that being that brand and for me it's like i have a high tolerance like i don't think i'm better than anybody or more talented than anybody um yeah i work really hard but like there's people at our at our work right now that are way more talented than i'll ever be um but at the same time you just got to work hard and like good stuff happens um but like i said you know it's it's environment too and and we have we have a great work environment you've been a part of it where like They'll take you as far as you want to go. You just got to work and, and they'll help you with whatever you need help with. And, that, and that's pretty cool because a lot of places don't have that. My old job was, well, you can do that and you can work really hard and you can carry the shift and you can carry the unit. And then, um, cool. So now we know we don't need to hire more people because you'll just take care of it. And we'll pay you 20 bucks an hour still. <laughs> you know, so you're not going to get what you're Love that. So. Love that. Well, we kind of got to wrap up, but, and one, I just want to appreciate you guys for being on the, on the podcast and lots of value here, guys. So, um, make sure you like and share this and, and, and leave a review and give us some feedback of what you're liking and, and getting value out of the podcast from, and two, excited to see you at future events. You know what I mean? We got like, we just started guys. This is, this is fun. I mean, come to that sales boot camp. hopefully I open your eyes, me knocking with you guys, hoping your eyes. Remember that black dude that we found that was like, Holy crap! <laughs> Sam Tagger? Oh, that was the best door I've ever knocked. So those listening, you can go find it on YouTube. Oh, that guy. Uh, that guy you watched me on. We went back. I went back and got him. Just so you know, he's getting you got him? into this Good. month. He's getting the roof, man. Yeah. There we go. There yeah, we yeah, go. Yeah. It just took you three months to close, and that's all. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. And props kidding. to you, though, man. Like, you you opened our eyes. Um, just kind of see your level of ability 
in like um and what you did and like well, just the way you carry yourself in the street just kind of like opened my eyes and i was like anybody here in this van can do the same thing maybe not as good as you yet but over time and practice and technique they can get close or be in the arena you know so it was cool seeing that man like it was it was eye-opening for me like i'm a I'm just here in Florida. I mean, I'm sure there's guys in South Florida, Orlando that put me to shame. I just haven't met them yet. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's cool about our industry. The minute you think you're like top dog, well, there's somebody better somewhere. Trust me. Always. Yeah, man. But it was cool, man. It was cool that you just like, you're one of the guys, you know, like people see you on YouTube, they see you on podcasts, whatever the case may be. But like, when you're out there, you're just chilling with us, knocking doors. And I love it because it makes you human. You know what I mean? It just makes you relatable. And I thought that was super cool. Um, just Thanks, just our experience was super cool. And yeah, and that and that class and that school changed. I turned the corner after that class in April, dude. Like it took me to the next level. Like I don't know. Yeah, he passed he passed me in sales. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it I don't I can't tell you one particular part, but I think it was mostly mindset, like the the mindset that was beat into my brain in that class. And being around other guys who are super successful and me figuring out that, like, wait a second, that guy is just like me or that guy is like a normal person, too. And he's a killer. And I'm like, I can be like that guy. Dude, the worst is the worst is when you get a dude that like is a complete goober and you're like, wait, he sold three times as much. You're like, F that. And it's just like I, I seen those and I'm just like, no way. I, I don't believe it. Don't believe it. Well, I'm like, well, and it's yeah. like, wait, what market is that guy? In? Yeah. You're like, well, oh, how much did he sell per square? Oh, well, he had a storm just right. Like, and you're just trying to come up with whatever excuse. And like, you're like, nope, he's just damn good. And you're like, oh, well, you got to do to help yourself sleep at night. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a big thing. It's a trap we run into guys. Like, and that, that it's the trap we run into is we justify why we're not great. And we try to throw rocks at why they're great, which is not serving us or them flat out. So just taking extreme ownership and saying, like, like you said, we're all the same. Like, like anybody listening to this, anybody in that van, anybody out in the streets could be just as good. It's just putting in the right training, time, energy, effort, intentional practice, and, and that's why I love you guys are on this journey. Like that, that to me is like a, a, the start, you know what I mean? It's, it's a journey to mastery and I'm still on it too, just with you guys. You know what I mean? So, well, much love. Thank you guys for being on the show. Like I said, hit the subscribe button, share this, whatever that is to you. And uh, we get, we'll see you guys on the next episode.